My name is the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Because they came to whose house? Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? Syracuse? That's a basketball school. Let's play some basketball! Rain man, good to go. Hey coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain, I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I'll have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh-huh. This is the Sports Zella Show. Here's Rain and Scoot. Rain and Scoot. Rain and Scoot. So, Cuse women's lacrosse game. Moved to Maryland. CNY Media has been sounding off since yesterday. Even my man, Wayne Mahar, the atomic dog, my favorite, favorite meteorologist, was like, come on, Maryland, what's the deal? I mean, he's right, too. Check the forecast. It's not going to affect the travel up from Maryland to the Cuse. This isn't even remotely bad. I mean, you know we have to have a blizzard around here, Scoop. There's something in central New York to shut down. There's something else beyond this. I tend to agree with, well, everybody has shared an opinion on this. But it screws over the girls on the Cuse women's lacrosse team who may have had family or with the dome shutting down till September after this weekend. I mean, they've got family. It's senior day. And now that doesn't get to happen after you've probably made these plans since before the season started, knowing these things going into it. So, I mean... You know what? Screw you, Maryland. I'm saying it. Yeah, that kind of stinks for them, you it know. Does. But I, I, I'm surprised that SU, the, they stepped up so quickly, and meaning the women's lacrosse team, to volunteer to go there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, I, couldn't they have just taken a, a forfeit from Maryland? I don't know how that I, works. I, I think I heard Brent Axe say that yesterday. Yeah, I think that's an option. How could it not be an option? So, uh, I mean, I guess in the ideal of sportsmanship, there's something to be admired there, but it kind of stinks if you did have family coming in for that. And yeah, I mean, I, to- plans. I totally agree with Axe. I totally agree with everybody who shared that opinion. I mean, obviously, it's a very pro-orange opinion from our perspective. Obviously, it's biased, but it's the right opinion. This is just... It's crap. It's garbage. I agree with Wayne Mahar. Wayne Mahar, man, I mean, come on. Just reach out to He's on Twitter all the time. Reach out to him. He'll let you know the deal with what you can expect weather-wise. And very accurate with the triple Doppler radar. I mean, he's going to hook that up. Yeah, I just it is puzzling in that we just, okay, we'll go here. We'll, 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 go, we'll come see you. You know, it's like these things are on the schedule. This isn't like changing dinner plans and like instead of me coming to your house, you're coming to my house. There is some massive moving parts involved with yeah. getting the transferring this from the dome. Well, the travel isn't free. Is Maryland going to pay for our travel? And Who pays for that? Logistics, the the time to travel. I, I mean, you know, I mean, you're sitting there and accused the cross team and you're going yourself. The girls team, I just got to get over to the dome. Now you got to pack a bag, you got to get everything else. I mean, there's so many little moving parts and details for each and every individual involved. But anyways. Weird. Weird, yeah. We'll we'll definitely, we're going to back that stance for sure. Scoop and Rain Tiff's in studio with us. You can see us, Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. And we can talk about, well, we can add to the SU Athletics conversation. You saw the number eight NC State beat them 69-60. to I was like, damn, when I saw that. It's just, it's, uh, 
It's a very sentimental, nostalgic weekend, though, I think. It is for me. You know, I've kind of not given it a lot of thought until, bang, here it is. Final weekend as the dome as we know it, as it's always been since it was opened up. Making me think back on a lifetime of memories of going there to watch different sporting events or different events, period, from concerts to they've had Monster Jams in there. They had the Syracuse Crunch, Utica Comets, Carrier Classic with 30-something thousand hockey fans, lacrosse, basketball, men's and women's and football, and so many great memories. And even even the, the, the down years for the football team, sitting up there with the K-Rock crazies like I used to do. And remembering the first time I ever set foot in the place when I was seven years old and my mom took me on a bus trip, and I think it was... It was McPherson was quarterback then. I mean, remember like Scott Schwades with a couple of kickoff returns in the dome in one game. I mean, just so many things flooding. I remember uh, this dunk that Derek Coleman had when I was in high school sitting there. It was in the very, very first row of the 300 section, and he just dropped this monster dunk against, I think it was Lafayette of all. It was like a non-conference game early in the season like that. I mean, so taking the raindrops and taking my kids and becoming a parent, and it's just... Well, it's not going away, yeah, though. Yeah, so, but it still makes you think about it because it's not going to look the same. Like, it instantaneously, when you see it or you're driving down... Brent X, shout out to Brent again. He wrote a nice little piece. Uh, I, I'm sure many of you have, have read that. If you follow him on Twitter at Brent X Media... He, well, yeah, he talks about the skyline, and I do think yeah. that is going to be an unusual thing, but it's also kind of an exciting thing in that it's it's going to look new. It's going to be refurbished. You know, the, the Carrier Dome always reminded me of the Pontiac Silver Dome. Sure. A lot of concrete, but, you know, th- those places were, were built... 70s, you know, 80s out of those sort of styles and, you know, an upgrade, uh, a freshening of the look would be nice. And like, you know, the Pontiac Silverdome didn't didn't make it. Sometimes still going to have the Carrier Dome. Uh, Well, it won't be the Carrier Dome anymore. It'll be the something dome. They'll obviously probably sell rights to somebody else or just some of the framing work they've done on the outside already makes it look so different it's it's if you haven't seen it it's striking at first if you're up there on the hill all the time and you see it it's kind of you've gotten used to it by now well another thing that brent axe points out in his article that is very similar to the pontiac silverdome was that rush of air yeah. When you are going in and out of the building. Oh, you lose hats and things like that come flying off. It knocks you over. You smack into somebody else. How many times you've been leaving the dome? So many people relate to this. And you bump somebody you're like, sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean that. There's nothing you can do about it. And everybody, it's just an expected part of the fan experience of going to the dome. Tiff's in studio, been nodding her head the whole time. You're with us today, girl. Tell us what you're thinking about as we're reflecting on the dome. Even though it's not going anywhere, same structure, it's going to be a little different. It is going to be different. Um, I've heard from, I have a lot of friends who go to SU and they're very upset that they're not graduating in the dome. And I've, it's my, another thing. my last uh, game that I went to, it was like an exhibition against Lemoyne. Mm-hmm. SU was playing Lemoyne. And I just remember like taking it all in. And I remember at that point I wanted to go to SU. And I remembered like being like, oh, this is the atmosphere that I need. Like it's just different. And if you haven't been to the dome, then you don't understand the dome. But it's different. It's a, a recruiting tool for mm-hmm. basketball, for football. It still is. 
I, I like that they're going to do the white, the blue, and the green section for the game against North Carolina. You're looking at about 30,000 people. I mean, that's expected. Uh, should approach 30,000 for the final SU basketball game in the Dome as it's known right now. So it's a big event. John Wallace has the jersey retirement. Huge crowd. A little pomp and circumstance. It's really going to go out with a bang, I guess. And then you don't see it again, really, or get inside of there for anything until football in September. So, And that, though, is still a pretty remarkable turnaround time to some degree. Sure is. We consider all the work that they're doing there. And, you know, it. I understand the nostalgia about, hey, I remember when, but it's you're not losing it. And you will be back there. And maybe it'll be nicer for football now. Maybe we'll have some... You know, other amenities. Uh, maybe it'll be freshened up. I mean, obviously, these are things they discuss. And look, I, when did that place open, anyways? 80 or 79? Yeah. yeah, it's been open. It's, I think we're looking at about four, it's about 40 years old right now. I yeah, should know the, the date off the top of my head, but I don't. But it's the thing I, that fascinates me, though, is that when it was built, you, you thought in your head, this place will be here forever. And so many stadiums like that. Yeah, Bill, oh, it'll be here forever. And now they're, a lot of these places are being torn down and replaced with entirely new stadiums. So at least that isn't happening because it seems kind of wasteful to me. Like in Cincinnati, Riverfront Stadium replaced by the Great American Ballpark, which is beautiful and, and, and awesome. But Riverfront had its own history, its own character, all those – Big red machine baseball teams, but you would have never thought when that was built, oh, we're going to tear it down in 30 years or whatever. And and that's after they had Crosley Field way back in the day in and Cincinnati. And and what about in Pittsburgh? What's the name of the uh, the field? They I, I think it's PNC uh, Park now or something prior, like that. But it used to be Three Rivers Stadium. It was Three Rivers demolished, and then they Which built is very similar to Riverfront Stadium in a lot of ways. But those. Buildings of that area just very, very concrete, and they don't have the cool look of the modern look. Camden Yards or Comerica Park or some of these modern ball. Yeah, yeah you've got to go. Field. You've got to go. You've got to go modern, or you've almost got to go retro. It seems like when, retro modern when building a new stadium or arena. It reminded. I thought about this last night. I had the Lakers and Golden State game on, and the Lakers without LeBron in the lineup demolished Golden State. Steph will actually be back on Sunday, and there's been talk about how Kobe inspired him to to push himself to get back a little bit earlier than expected and just make his return this season, when ultimately he probably could have milked it a little bit longer. But the point is, they've moved into, it's the Chase Arena, I believe it's called now. Uh, they are no longer in their old, what's the name of their old arena? I forgot already. But needless to say, it's, it's beautiful. It's, so you're, you're talking about Lakers or the Clippers. I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Golden State. Golden State, yeah. What was okay. Golden State's old arena's name? Um, if you didn't ask me, I could have told you. Needless to say, I'm spacing on the Oracle. The Oracle, yeah. The Oracle's done, and they've moved into this new. It's the Chase Arena or something like that. Now, name is not really that important, but it's brand spanking new, modern, state of the art, and absolutely beautiful. And it's not in the exact same location or proximity wise. It's a little ways away. Now that being said. They were chatting MVP, MVP for Alex Caruso of the Lakers while in Golden State's new arena. And a lot of the Golden State fans were like, I hate this new place. Because that never would have happened in Oracle. Because when you move the building itself also, 
you're, you're boxing out certain people. They can't necessarily travel on certain days, and well, there's a different. It changes the fan base. It changes the the butts and the seats in that arena. It changes the feel. I exactly mean, right. And the new Yankee Stadium feels different when you're in it than the old Yankee Stadium. That's why Fenway has remained pure in a sense. That's why the Chicago Cubs and Wrigley in that feeling has remained pure even with their renovations. It'll still have the same feel once we get the fans back in this new dome. And Cleveland, case in point, Cleveland, the Cleveland Municipal Stadium built for the 1920 Olympics, which Cleveland did not get, this huge cavernous building with these poles that were in the way every so often, replaced now by... You know, First Energy Field where the Browns play, it, it, the dog pound is not the same. Georgetown's still going to suck. We're still going to want to see Bayheim throw his jacket if we're playing Duke, whether it's here in the new building or there in Cameron. I mean, it's just these feelings automatically. I mean, think about it. They're coming back to you. You weren't even thinking about this five minutes ago. And now all of these different thoughts are, are popping in your head. That's kind of what's been happening to me in the last 24 to 48 hours about the Dome. Just... From Central New York, it's it's 40 years old. I don't know anything different than watching Syracuse football or basketball or whatever sport in that building. I remember. There's others that would say the same about Manly. You know what I'm saying? But it just depends on where you are in your life's path. I remember, you know, not even living here and people talking about going to the Carrier Dome for concerts like the Rolling Stones and what have you. You know, like, hey, let's. You know, let's go see a concert. It's this brand new Carrier Dome, this brand new place, and get all kinds of people in there. You're like, oh wow, and these places were all new, and you just kind of thought they would be around forever. You know, we mentioned the the Lakers and and the Clippers. Well, they're the, the Staples Center. You know, we used to have the the Forum in Englewood. You know, another concrete and steel building, but that's not. And in vogue anymore. You know, we kind of want a new look. We want a new feel. But sometimes you lose a lot of that ambiance that you had at the old place when the new building goes up. At least you're still going to have the carrier dome. The actual building's going to be there just with some, some freshening. With a, a fresh coat of paint. Sometimes it changes the property value. It's the curb appeal, right? It's the curb appeal. So I want to mention my man Brent Axe yet again. He'll be on the block with you at 4 o'clock. But if you get a chance, read his piece on the last call for the Carrier Dome as we know it. I mean, he, he brought up some of the things we were talking about. He brought up, like, Pete Sala, who now doesn't have to worry about melting the snow if we get a big snowstorm off of the roof because you don't want the thing to collapse. He brought up, you know, Pearl's half-court shot, Michael Owen's two-point conversion. I remember these like it was. It takes you right back. The Gate Brothers revolutionizing the game of lacrosse. Of course, one of them coaching that team that has to go down to Maryland on the girls. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just amazing some of these memories. A high school playoff game, he had mentioned those. When I was in high school, I grew up 45 minutes outside of Syracuse. Sophomore, junior, senior year, my high school football team won sectional tournament in the Dome. I was one of, you know, dozens or hundreds of fans and, and families and parents that we made the trip out there, and it was a big deal. If you weren't from you know, Syracuse or those surrounding suburbs, you were from a little farther out, getting to play a game at the Dome or root on your friends on the football team, I mean, that was the best thing that could possibly happen. It was, what, late November or early November at that point when those games would happen. It was the best. So It still could be. And, st- and still probably will be for kids 
in the future who get that opportunity. All those things will remain, but it will just, I guess, look different. And before you know it, we'll blink our eyes. A few years will have passed and we'll all be adjusted to and used to the way it will look moving forward. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Scoop and Rain coming right back. Uh, a little something about Jim Beheim that I learned, thanks to Matt Gutierrez of The Athletic. An interview conducted by Mike Waters with Elijah Hughes. I don't know if you've seen that. And an annual player poll of the SU basketball team. All discussed next. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Join Q's Sports Talk on Twitch as the Orange play host to UNC tomorrow. We're taking the watch party on the road live from the Pathfinder Bank broadcast booth at Shaughnessy's Irish Pub in the Marriott Syracuse downtown. And as you watch the game on TV or listen on TK99, join the watch party with Syracuse legends Eric Devendorf, Trevor Cooney, and Roosevelt Bowie and get their instant reactions to the game as they happen. The Syracuse watch party live from the Pathfinder Bank broadcast booth at Shaughnessy's Irish Pub in the Marriott Syracuse downtown tomorrow on twitch.tv slash Cuse Sports Talk. So Jim Beheim has spent more than a half a century Syracuse. And this whole time, I mean, I've read the book. I've interviewed the guy for over 20 years, once a week during basketball season. know a lot of stuff about Jim Beheim, But then again, there's some things I didn't know about Jim Beheim, And I'm learning some things about Jim Beheim. It's kind of fascinating to know if you read the piece by Matthew Gutierrez, if you subscribe to The Athletic, and if you don't, we'll give you a few pieces of it right now. But he's a bookworm. Like, he just reads some books. It's now graduated, and if you read this, you'll learn, to the iPad. At one point, I guess he had like 1,500 paperbacks, and Julie finally said, "Uh uh-uh. We're going to donate some of those. kind of had to be done. I think they donated all of them. But yeah. There's the story about him going to Europe with the Olympics and all that and packing, like, a suitcase full of books because he knew he was going to have a long time on the plane. He was going to have a lot of time to read. And he actually sort of planned it out and scheduled and figured out how many books he could read. So he, he took as many as he needed, not – more than he needed, he he schemed the whole thing out like he was planning a play on the basketball court. You want some analytics? I'll give you some analytics. He's estimated he's read between two and 3,000 books in his 44 seasons just as the head coach. It's his favorite pastime other than basketball. Uh, he reads two to three books per road trip, works out to about 50 of them per season. And it's like the time he gets on the bus, he's reading. And then he puts it down for a second, gets on the plane, reads on the plane. If he's not watching or preparing for one of his games, he's watching his son, or I assume at one point his daughter, or he's reading a book. That's pretty much what he does around breakfast in hotel lobbies, usually a Marriott. You learn that in there. I mean, just he's a bookworm. He reads and reads and reads and reads. It's very old school, but he's also been known to be hes a, a very intelligent guy, very introspective guy. He's a thinker. There's a lot more than what you might see on the surface. And every once in a while, you've heard him comment about other things in the world. But he generally, for the most part, will keep it to basketball. But there's a lot going on in there. It's just fascinating. And you know that you can't judge a book by its cover, pun intended. But it's just fascinating to learn about this. 
I guess he got it from his parents. Doesn't own a computer, but has this iPad. And every now and then, I guess Julie will get the notification that he's got a book from the yeah. the Apple Store or what have you. So th- there's a great, if you know Jim, obviously a book is a great gift for him. But you get, then got to make the decision, okay, do I actually get him a real book that he can hold in his hands? But uh, he's got the iPad now. Maybe I should get it out of the Apple Store instead. And then you have to say, all right. He's read like 3,000 books. Am I going to get him something he's already read? <laughs> Jim's got a de facto library in his office on campus. It, there's a nice little tidbit about Rob Murphy. We all remember him, who's, of course, coach at Eastern Michigan. But he wrote an autobiography, gave a copy to Jim, said he became an avid reader because of the Heim. It's just a fascinating uh, look inside of uh, the coach that we've all I mean, we bow down to the guy. Come on, Jim Beheim. I mean, enough said. He's... I like to read, but I'm in no way close to that uh, pace of book reading that he's keeping up. Sports Illustrated shows here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We can you can watch us while we talk about reading. Q Sports Talk on Twitch TV. It is scoop and rain. And uh, Mike Waters wrote a nice piece as well on Elijah Hughes, him breaking out this season, being a leader, a tattoo that he's had for a couple of years that's led to people believing it's a, a foretelling of him going into the draft next year. I mean, you know, he's going to consider his options, and why wouldn't he? Those that say you're not ready, well, if you get drafted and you can sign that paycheck, you're ready. You go when you want to go. It's their basketball journey, not ours. We can choose to be fans or not, be grateful they're here or not. But ultimately, he's done everything necessary. He's close to a th- the thousand-point plateau He's a transfer student. He's getting his degree. I don't know if there's much left for him to prove. He seems to have, and it's been observed that his talents will translate probably better to the NBA game than even the college game. And I think he's pretty successful. He's leading the ACC in scoring right now. Elijah Hughes is going to go on to bigger and better things. And I, I'm, I would be shocked if he doesn't take the opportunity to get drafted. They're saying based on workouts after the season, he could bump himself up into a late first-round pick. If that's the case, that's a guaranteed contract. Guess what he's going to do? He's gone. I am interested in the whole story about the tattoo and LYBB last year being broke. And not yeah. only does he have the tattoo, but he's got a hoodie with that. Mm-hmm. I thought, I kind of like that. I'd like to get an LYBB hoodie. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of like the whole idea how he's actually had it for many years but people are almost sort of assigning more of a meaning to it now because they're just sort of discovering it. I, while he's had it for a long time, and it's meant the same thing to him for a while, and it's about him committing to the grind, you know, and, and keeping the hard work going, you know, persisting. And but people see, oh, he's gone next year, he's gone next year. Well, okay, that doesn't really have anything to do with the tattoo because he's had it for a considerably longer period of time than the last season, you know? Yeah. So, look, he's in a place where he could certainly jump to the association if if he wants to. Uh, and, gosh, isn't that what guys normally do? I mean, you don't want to risk uh, an injury that would jeopardize that. You'd kind of like to get a payday. And, and then if you get hurt, you're at least getting paid when you're hurt. You know, so he he's probably going to go to the NBA, don't you think? I mean, come on, let's be real. These guys don't stay in college 
beyond a year sometimes. Yeah, he stayed a little bit longer than most. He's ma- He majored in uh, human family studies. He's going to have his degree in May. Wants to do something ultimately where he is helping kids, which I totally respect that. That's a noble profession. Uh, great job by Mike Waters letting us learn a little bit more of the mindset of Elijah Hughes heading into what is probably going to be his last game in the Dome as we know it on Saturday against UNC. There's a great piece you hear Mike uh, you hear Mike Waters excuse me from time to time right here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. I just wanted to bring it back to Matt Gutierrez real quick because I love reading these the insight into the team that you follow so religiously and you'll see these near the end of almost every season. They grab a bunch of the guys on the team and they start asking just some of those Questions. You learn a little bit about the lifestyle. You learn, you almost feel like you're in the locker room and on the bus and on the plane and in the practices and hanging out in the cafeteria or somebody's, somebody's room or apartment or whatever. You know, asking the questions like, who's the hardest worker in the program? Who's always running late? Which of your teammates is most likely to be a college coach? Who has the best fashion sense? Who's the kindest or most generous person on the team? Favorite spot for the guys to eat in the queues? Who gets out and enjoys Syracuse's nightlife the most? Who's always in the weight room? Who in, yeah, I love that one, by the way. Yeah. Who enjoys Syracuse's nightlife the most? That's the one that gen, generally will tend to get a couple of the guys on the team in trouble. Uh, but who do you call in a really difficult situation? Who's the best student on the team? Who's the most vocal person in the locker room? Well, yeah. I, I like their favorite places to eat. Yeah. Go through it. That, that's what I like. Real quick. Uh, for Hughes, it's original Italian pizza. Near Nottingham Road. Uh, Buddy says Santangelo's in Liverpool. He likes possibilities. Uh, oh, that the, bread when you dip it in the oil. Forget the, about it. The breakfast at Mom's in Westcott. Joe Gerard says on campus he usually goes to Varsity and gets the bacon cheeseburger. Uh, or Tully's. Wait, wait, t- Tiff, Tiff, talk to me. You're nodding your head at all this. Okay, Varsity Pizza, bomb. Tully's, I was waiting for somebody, and if not, I was going to have to talk. Go talk to these Syracuse boys because Tully's is the best place in Syracuse to eat ever. Ooh. How about the tenders? My parents love the tenders. I I've know. never had them. I always get the pasta because I'm super Italian. Okay. But my parents love the chicken tenders. Scoop, kick it. Yeah, you got uh, Quincy says the steakhouse at the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, Rex says Panini's in downtown Syracuse near his apartment. So it's an easy stop off, you know. Uh, I can relate to that. Got a few places I like to go that are near where I live because they're they're convenient and the food's good. So yeah, there's a lot of good a lot of good places. Dinosaur barbecue gets mentioned, obviously. I mean, who doesn't love to go to dinosaur barbecue? Oh my, yeah, I want dinosaur barbecue right now. We've got to think of these things before we get in the air. We have numerous discussions about. We had a didn't we talk about Wegman subs the other day? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Your, your I, son I, likes the Wegman subs and the, the tur- turkey subs. So it's got to be the turkey sub. It's specific. And it has to be the same way every time. Don't mess with that boy's well, turkey. That's sub. the way kids are with their food. They get a thing and they like it, and you can't mess with that, or they will melt down. I like this. I like that. I saw that Buddy Bayheim is known to be somebody who's always in the gym taking care of business. Because if you're working hard, it's tough to throw the coach's son thing at somebody. Take a break on the Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. Lot of stuff going on in the NFL. And we'll talk about a few of those things. The Brady train is rolling out of New England, I'm telling you. Hang on. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. 
It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. So, Scoop, Tom Brady is going to leave the New England Patriots. Keep hearing about it, keep hearing about it, keep hearing about it. Talked about it yesterday. Everybody's talking about it. Starting to believe more and more it's true. Am I believing the hype the is this a media creation are we part of the problem with the speculation is he sitting at home trolling us remember the picture he put out that ended up being everybody thought it was oh my god oh my god oh my god and then it was really actually just a setup for a commercial during super bowl sunday is he at home trolling us right now he's always trolling us number one number two you have to keep in mind that these things or Guys getting on these talking heads sports shows and saying, I'm going to be stunned if he's a Patriot. And you get these reports. Sometimes they're fed by Tom Brady's people who float these stories out there. He's definitely going. He's definitely going. Because they know that those media people will then turn around and comment to that effect. And it helps him when he's trying to negotiate with both sides. When he's trying to negotiate with the Patriots. When he's trying to maybe negotiate with the Raiders or the Titans or the Chargers or any of the places that people are speculating he may go. Brady's driving the free agency train, according to Jeff Darlington, NFL reporter. Tom is of the belief that he's going to test the waters of free agency. Now, and by test the waters, I mean leave. But the one thing I want to point out is that the people who are close to him also sit there and say, yeah, but we still feel like he's an emotional guy. And when he gets in there with Bill Belichick, if Belichick lays out a master plan and can really get to tug at his heartstrings, uh, that, that maybe he comes back. But, but to be clear here, Brady is the one with his eyes on free agency. And I, so I understand why the rest of us are sitting here saying, uh, we don't believe it. I mean, people close to Brady don't believe it. But Brady himself is the one who's really looking at this saying, guys, like, this is serious. Scoop and Rain here on the Sports Illustrated ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 talking about the endless speculation of Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Is he running from the Patriot way? Jeff Darlington. Are you running away from what you're leaving or are you chasing something uh, that's ahead of you? And w- with Tom Brady... I think it's a little bit of both, and we will certainly make plenty about the dynamic that exists between him and Bell Belichick, and and to a degree, that is part of the reason. The rigors of the Patriot way certainly are motivating Tom to go do something maybe a little more fun. But there is also the other side of this, and that is, I'm 42 years old. Like I can go have some fun. I can go do something different. I can reinvigorate myself, challenge myself in ways uh, that I haven't done in many years. And he could get a huge astronomical paycheck. That's what a lot of this is, too. You know, that's in there with all of that stuff that he just mentioned. The money. And I do think the Patriots could say, you know, Tom, we want to thank you for your years of building this franchise into the dynasty that it became. And they drive a truckload of money up to his house. And maybe he says, well, wait. What are you going to get for Giselle? And they uh, get her, I don't know, uh, an American Express card with a million dollars. How about a part ownership in the team? Let's do that. (laughs) Look, I think that is something going forward that we're going to see guys ask for. I said that if the Cleveland Cavaliers really wanted to keep LeBron James, 
that they should have put that on the table. You put put some percentage uh, ownership. You did say that, yeah. On on the team, and I think guys are going to ask for that sort of stuff going forward. I mean, uh, Mario Lemieux essentially saved the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise by stepping in. Now, granted, it's a little different. He organized a group of people and, and investors because of the charisma of his personality. But it can be done, and it will be done. These guys are going to become owners. You think LeBron James doesn't want to be an owner? You think Tom Brady wouldn't mind owning a piece of, I don't know, the L.A., uh, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, I would think or, or that the that's Oakland, a possibility. Uh, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders? That's a possibility. I saw there's some speculation, or not speculation, some rumors out there, and that just might be what they are. Marcus Mariota is getting some interest from the Patriots. You want to go for Mariota, who showed you what he is in Tennessee, even with 42-year-old Tom Brady as an option for another season or two? Yikes. There, there, there are How guys. true is that? There are guys that are the giants of the game that are going to be able to say and ask for that and get it. Mm-hmm. I really believe that's coming. I think a Kawhi Leonard could ask for that. I think LeBron James could ask for that. Giannis? Giannis could ask for that. They're going to want to keep him in Milwaukee for the time being. I mean, I don't know. There's speculation. I'm hearing the Bucks. There's so many different teams in play now for all of these different reasons. Some of them sound like wackadoodle conspiracy theories, but... What do I know? If he goes somewhere else, it's going to be a winning situation with a chance to win a ring. Tom Brady is not just going to take the money. If that's the case, he's taken so many pay cuts in, well, you call it a pay cut when it's millions of dollars, but he's taken pay cuts to stay with New England, keep trying to win rings. That's ultimately what his goal is. Now, I just wanted to switch gears really quick, switching gears or transitioning. How do we normally do that? Moving along. Moving along is how we do that. Chase Daniel, NFL Players Association player rep. Uh, I wanted to share with you the the counter to a lot of guys that we discussed in detail yesterday. Some very big names that said, no, you're Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Russell Wilson was another one. And J.J. Watt, who said no to the current state of this CBA deal. Chase Daniel, however, saying yes. And this is why. No one wants to play 17 games. I get it. I understand it. I don't. But. Um, there's really a, a three-way street. It's accept this deal, which, in my opinion, is a pretty good deal. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Um, the other one is the owners can impose a deal on us, and the, the deal would be drastically um, worse than what we got now. Or the other one is, okay, I hear all, about, I hear all this about a lockout. They're not going to lock us out again. It would, we would have to strike. And as in strikes of past years, you have guys cross over lines, and it weakens our stance as a union. I personally don't think our 1,900 players can hold out a year or two years to get exactly what we wanted. So that, uh, among other reasons, is why I voted yes. There you go. I mean, there's two sides to every story, and perspective is different. Well, I, I think he's right that I don't know that the 1,900 members have the collective will to sit out for a year or two because when – the owners have been threatened with that in the past. They went and got replacement players. And now you've got the XFL. And you've got any number of players that would cross the lines just as they did years ago when that happened. Some guys need that paycheck somehow, some way. It's something that how short is a career in the NFL average? A couple of years? If you don't make that money, and if that's your window of opportunity, but you're not playing and you're not getting checks, 
that sets you up for the rest of your life, or at least it gets you started. And yeah, XFL is going to jump in and seize that opportunity if the NFL decides to not play. It's not a good idea to strike. They've got to fill, or they've got to figure this out. They've got to go through it with a fine tooth comb, take care of business, and get it done. I still think a better deal for the players could be negotiated. Some additional things sure. could be negotiated. Personally, I would like to see a strike because I would like to see the whole thing blown up. I think the the league has gotten too powerful, has gotten too much corporate welfare with these stadiums that are built on the backs of smokers and drinkers and local populaces just for the sake of civic pride, which is important. I think there's an importance to that. But, I, I, I okay, yeah, they give back to their communities. They're sucking a lot of money out of communities, too. And I don't know. I don't think they care about the fans that go to the games anymore. I think they care about the fans who watch on TV. More so. You know, I think that's their, their main concern. I, I just want them to knock down a couple of pegs. I, get, I think they're getting too big for their britches. And I'm talking about the owners and the league in general. We've got to take a quick break. There is one other point on the NFL that I want to throw on top of this discussion. We'll do it next on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. A reminder, the Verdict Lexus and Verdict BMW Basketball postgame show tomorrow. Seth Goldberg, a Twitch-only postgame recapping SU-UNC with Eric Devendorf. That's twitch.tv slash Q's Sports Talk. Left a couple things here on the console in the studio about the NFL that I wanted to bring up. First of all, Lewis Riddick talking about Chase Young and the excuse as to why he's not partaking in some workouts doesn't make sense. Thank you. There's many people who will say, well, he has nothing to prove out here in shorts, right? Well, then why does he want to work out at Ohio State either? Then just don't do anything. Just wait until we get to Vegas, you're going to get picked. And the odds are, even if you didn't do anything to get to Vegas, you would still get picked. So don't say you have everything to risk by working out here and nothing to gain, but you have nothing to risk when you work out in Columbus. Because you're going to be asked to do the same thing that you're doing out here. You're not playing a game out here. Well, here's the thing and why I bring him up, because there's now a scenario, maybe it's a pipe dream, for my Giants to get Chase Young, because maybe the Redskins, who just last year drafted Dwayne Haskins, maybe go with Tua. They've also not only met with him, but Joe Burrow, and there's some other scenarios that are developing. But Mel Kuyper Jr. even says, you know what, Tua might be the right choice for the Skins, uh, Tagovailoa. Two is healthy. I say a projection of being healthy, and the progress, the progress from these injuries is what they want it to be. And they get medical clearance from their staff, their medical staff, their experts. You got to consider Tua and let him go. And if Haskins turns out to be better, and I'm not writing off Dwayne Haskins by any stretch of the imagination here, if he turns out to be the guy, then you trade Tua. It happened with Walsh and Aikman. And you know, obviously Rosen was traded, didn't get a lot in return, but Kyler Murray became the guy. Rosen was a you know, high pick in the first round. So you're talking about still a case where you need to have the great quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, it's happened in recent memory. Arizona Cardinals is what he was referring to. 2018, Josh Rosen. And then I think, what, did you trade him to Miami, possibly? And then Kyler Murray, first round of the 2019 draft. So there's precedent for this. And and does, with things moving around, and Joe Burrow maybe getting drafted number one, who knows 
maybe the Giants get him. They need somebody elite to rush the passer on that team. What a building block. I don't know if it happens or not. I mean, Tiff. I'd say there's a good chance of that. Tiff, tell the Redskins to take him so this can happen for me, please. Take him for rain. Just take him. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Look, uh, that guy, Chase, is... A beast. uh, That's a franchise player there. You know, that's that's a guy that could revitalize your entire defense, man. Absolutely right. You got Brad Axe, who we gave uh, and heaped praise on for his wonderful article today. Maybe he'll talk about that and a lot of things, Cuse, with the Dome, I'm sure. On the block next, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Sports Zilla Show out. See you Monday at 3.